Side Broadcast, the best Vox casting either side of the breach. All my life I have believed in science and the pursuit of knowledge, that knowledge is the light that burns away the shadows of the world and brings happiness and prosperity. But the events of the past few days have shown me the truth. Knowledge will not save us, science will not show us the way, and light is not our salvation. All of us, we're just creatures of darkness reaching hopelessly for the stars, but driven to achieve them by such base desires. So, if you can hear me, beware. Do not hope for the coming of the dawn, or rejoice in the rising of a new sun. Flee from the poisonous rays of light, for if they touch you, like they did me, you will be revealed for what you truly are. Dust and shadow of evil desire. This is Herman Croft, signing out. A few days earlier. I had been toiling for hours, but I still hadn't made any progress. Who am I lying to? I had been toiling for years and still hadn't made any progress. Of course, I'm good with machines. There's a certain sensibility and order in how they work, and I understand them. It's as if I can communicate with them, look at the components and see how they needed to be assembled, what needs tweaking, oiling, replacing. It's enough of a talent that it's earned me a meagre living repairing odds and ends, and afforded me this musty apartment in the slums of Malifaux.
I looked up from work at all of the schematics pinned to my walls. I had such grand designs. My professors always said they were brilliant and that I would change the world. Ha! I said out loud. If only building them was so easy. Speaking the language of machines already built and fixing them was one thing, but inventing an entirely new language was another. At least I have my machines and my ethervox to keep me company during these late nights. I modified the ethervox to send as well as receive, and its droning provides distraction when necessary. I flicked it off when I heard my door creak open, still staring at the new machine. Up late again, Herman, Mary's familiar voice asked. I picked up my screwdriver and continued to adjust the capacitors. Yes, I think I almost have it this time. Keep up this pace and you'll be nothing but skin and bones. She paused. I brought you some soup. I turned to face her. Her coarse chestnut hair framed her hardened face. She was prettier than most people gave her credit for. Tall, with a nice figure and striking brown eyes, but she never tried to accentuate it after her husband died in the mines. I sighed. Thanks for worrying about me. But what about you? What is such an elegant lady doing out of her apartment and wandering the halls at this time of night? Elegant? Ha! <laughs> Mary smiled. I saw the light under your door, and you never lock it. Figured you were probably up late again making new toys and neglecting your dinner. Don't know why you bother, though. Fair money in repairing. I want to do more than just repair things. I put my face in my hands and ran them through my hair. Look. Look around you. All of those schematics and designs on the wall, those are my designs. My machines. My creations that I want to bring into the world. I got up and shut the door, leaning my face in close to hers. Do you really want to know what I'm working on? She nodded. A machine that can open a new breach with a pull of a lever and close it down just as easily. I held my breath, trying to read her face. But there's already the breach. Imagine it, though. Imagine if the Guild no longer controlled Passage Earthside. Imagine if any citizen of Malifaux could flip a switch and go home, get supplies, see relatives. Imagine if anyone who wanted could come to Malifaux. Mary's eyes brightened as she realized what it could mean for her. I see. I turned back to my workbench and picked up my tools. I suppose I should get back to work. Mary lingered. The union's throwing a ball tomorrow night, and I was hoping you would go with me. I love to dance, and it's been a long time. I shook my head. I wish I could. I do, but I'm so close. I turned and was surprised. Were those tears in her eyes? Of course. I understand. She began to leave, but turned back. Herman, please be careful. Then she was out of the door, and I was alone with my machines again. Later, I went for a walk to clear my mind. The summer air was warm. 
and walking was one of the few things that happily took me away from my workbench. Malifaux wasn't the safest city at night, but it wasn't during the day either. It was quieter, though, and that's what I wanted. I passed by several bars, quiet, dark places, which seemed to serve only one purpose, to help miners and everyone else with an equally difficult job in this place drown the sorrows of the day. And then I passed the honeypot. I heard the laughter before I even rounded the corner. Light from the windows illuminated the street. The pleasure spilled out of the doors, with groups of people talking and joking. The shutters of one of the second-floor windows flung open, and a scantily-clad woman hung out of it laughing before being pulled in by a man. As I crossed to the opposite side of the street, I ran into a well-dressed man in a grey suit and top hat, with a neatly trimmed black beard. Sorry, I nodded. Didn't see you there. I started to walk around him. He held out a gloved hand. No need to apologize. It's quite a dark night out tonight. But before you go, do you mind me asking, what brings you out? Are you looking for something? If you are, I believe you will be able to find it in the honey pot. I shook my head. What I'm looking for isn't in there. No, you don't think so, do you? Money, drink, women, those are the things that most men are looking for. And you could certainly find them there. But there is much more than that inside. Like what? Inspiration, he said with a grin. I looked at the happy people through the windows and tried to imagine finding inspiration there. When I turned back to tell him the idea seemed ludicrous, he had gone. I stood there for a moment, perplexed, and then headed back towards the honeypot. Inspiration has been found in stranger places. I pushed through the swinging wooden doors to see a world of drunken laughter and half-dressed women. Groups of people were crowded around tables, playing cards or shooting dice, laughing and cheering each other. Girls dressed in nothing but lace and good humour moved expertly through the crowd, delivering drinks or chatting with customers. I looked around, unsure of where to go or what to say. I shook my head. What was I doing here? My answers were not in a place like this. I went to leave, but a girl caught my arm. What are you looking for tonight? she said with a smile. I was caught off guard, so I gave her the only answer I could think of. Inspiration. She winked. I know just where to find that. Her answer surprised me, but I let her lead me through the masses to a hallway in the back past room after room blocked off with only a curtain. We stopped in front of one, and she gestured for me to have a seat inside. I sat on the long shelf along the back wall, which had been repurposed as a bench covered in velvet. The room was hardly the size of a closet. Inspiration will be with you shortly, she said with a giggle, and left. A moment later, the curtain parted again, and another woman entered. She was breathtaking, wearing only a corset, knee-high boots and stockings. Judging by her features, she was obviously from the Three Kingdoms, and her black hair was cut short, hanging just below her chin. She paced in front of me, and looked me up and down before grinning and sitting next to me. 
leaning her cane fashioned as a serpent, against the bench next to me. As she did, I caught a glimpse of the tattoo on her back, a crane plucking a snake out of a pond. Are you... are you inspiration? I stuttered. She gave me a half-smile and a cock-eyed look. No. Most of my customers call me the Rising Sun, but you may call me Inspiration if you like. But to be honest, my real name is Dao Ming. Dao Ming? You don't look like a Dao Ming. Perhaps. But you don't look like a customer. Hands too soft to be a miner. A politician would have better clothes. So would a criminal. She squinted at me. Definitely not a guard. She clapped her hands. Aha! I've got it! You're an explorer! An inventor, actually, I mumbled. Not so different, she smiled. I thought it was probably supposed to be friendly. But some smiles just show teeth. You discover. That's what matters. You open up new worlds and new possibilities. She leaned close to me, one hand on the back of my head, grabbing a handful of my hair and pulling my face towards hers. You reach for the stars. As she said this, her mouth hovered over mine, and I saw a flash of light. Her eyes glowed, and it felt like my lungs were on fire. The burning spread from my chest to my entire body. And then, for the first time in my life, I could see. The world worked. There was an order to it, and I knew my place in it. I could understand the language it had been written in. I stumbled out of the honeypot with the laughter of its patrons fading behind me as I began my mad dash home, afraid of losing all those wonderful ideas. I could see the machine in my head. I could see how it all went together. Wires, cogs, shafts, bearings, electrodes, tubes. As soon as I sat at my workbench, my hands worked on their own to bring everything together and to make it whole. Random scrap and forgotten parts came together to make a single entity. Everything was falling into... Herman? Can't you see I'm busy? I shouted, rounding on Mary. Why did she think it was appropriate to just barge into my apartment? Mary took a step back. You know my name. You don't need to call me she. And your door was open. It's morning, Herman. You've been working all night. Did I say that out loud? I'm so sorry. I, I don't know what got into me. But look, look what I accomplished. I stood aside so she could see my creation. The two nodes attached to the power supply and capacitors with wires feeding to the main control lever. Mary forced a smile. That's nice. Just watch, I sighed, pulling the lever. The machine began a hum, which built up to a low rumbling. The nodes sparked, and then an arc of blue light danced between them. The light grew brighter and brighter, until the whole room was bathed in it. Between the nodes, the light formed a pool, and we gazed through it. Together we beheld a world unlike any human eyes have ever set upon before. 
the landscape shimmered in pale light and stretched as far as I could see. Alien vegetation, or what I took to be vegetation, grew in strange patterns and sprouted from the sides of rolling hills. In the sky blazed an unforgiving red sun. It's beautiful, Mary sighed. But how? Everything is connected, don't you see? Like beads on a string. And when we apply the correct frequency, give them the correct push, we can part them. Mary's face shimmered with the light of the machine. That's not Earth. You said you wanted to create another breach to go Earth's side. No, apparently it is not. Creating a breach is one thing. Determining exactly where it will be, that's another. Can we go through? I smiled. No, not yet. I need to make some changes first. But soon, I think. Very soon. I pulled the lever and the machine gave a high-pitched whine as it powered down. But how did you do it? All of a sudden, in one night? I hesitated, but then I told her. I told her everything. The enigmatic stranger, the honeypot, the woman who breathed light. Mary listened to all of it, nodding. I could tell she didn't approve, but she remained stoic and waited for me to finish. As I did, she just came up to me and put her hands on my face. Herman. Herman, please never go back there again. When I came in earlier, you were... you were different. Your eyes, they were... off. I won't, I promised. I know how it all works now. I'll never need to go back again. Mary smiled. I loved it when she smiled. Thank you. Well, I should be about my day. After she was gone, I closed my door and slept as the morning light filled my room. I awoke at dusk and immediately set to work. I needed to complete my machine, to touch the wonders I had only been able to glimpse. My hands flew and my tools became extensions of my body. I adjusted, tweaked, replaced, and when I was ready, I pulled the lever. The machine sputtered and sparked, and then died miserably. I spent the next few hours recalculating, readjusting. I needed to give it life once more. But no matter how hard I tried, the results were always the same. I let out a groan. Whatever language I could speak last night, whatever divine light of understanding that had been breathed into me, was now gone. I tried to fight the urge to go back to that place. I knew that whatever had happened to me there had changed me and not entirely for the better. The words Mary had spoken to me bounced around my skull like a stray bullet. You were different. I had been different, hadn't I? For the first time in my life I achieved success. I became more than just a petty repairman. I opened up planes of existence never seen by human eyes and beheld alien wonders beyond imagination. Who was a miner's widow to keep the greatest scientific discovery since the opening of the breach from humankind? This time I didn't hesitate outside the honeypot. I knew exactly where to go. I pushed through the doors and passed the weary gamblers, grumbling about the day's losses. 
I dodged the girls and found the curtained room in the back where I waited for the rising sun. I knew she would find me there. I don't know how I knew, but I knew. And I was right. Before long, she threw the curtains back and moved towards me with the grace of a cat. Back for more? I nodded. She grabbed a handful of my hair, forcing my head back and breathed the sweet, ravenous light into my chest once more. Again, the understanding overtook me. I saw the world not just how it was, but how it could be. I saw the substance and the potential. I saw how everything was connected. I saw brilliance. The rising sun smiled and left, allowing me a view of her tattoo of a crane swallowing a snake. Soon I was home, working. Everything was coming together. I could see it. I could feel it. I could breathe it. Every piece fit into its proper place. It was a work of art. Somewhere in the distance I thought I heard Mary's voice. Mary, that irritating woman who tried to stop me from living up to my potential. Mary, the insect in the way of progress. Mary, who brought me soup after I worked all day. I couldn't hear what she was saying. She was so far away. I think she wanted me to stop. But stop what? I was so close to completing my masterpiece. So close to seeing the fruits of my labours. I pulled the lever and heard the hum of the machine, saw the glow of the electrodes. The alien world opened up once more, and then there was nothing. I woke up sometime the next day. It felt like someone had tried to split my skull open with a relic hammer. I shook myself off and looked around my apartment. Spare parts and tools were scattered everywhere. A pile of hastily scratched notes were next to my bed. And 
in the centre of it all was my machine complete and glorious i forced myself up and crawled over to it licking my lips i pulled the lever there was a faint whir which slowly faded and died of course why would it be that easy slowly pieces of the night before started fading into my memory mary she had been here last night hadn't she i stumbled to the window and pulled aside the curtain it was already starting to get dark she should be home by now i rushed out of the door and over to her apartment knocking frantically her door swung open mary i called mary i quickly searched the apartment she wasn't there but there was a pot of soup sitting out and getting cold i sat on my bed and started sifting through my notes schematics equations things i was hardly in the mood to think about much less look at i got up and reached for the ethervox on top of the wardrobe perhaps there was some event keeping her out which would be on the news as i turned the dial i saw the writing on the side of the wardrobe it was my handwriting scrawled frantically mary inside i looked around my room in disbelief and caught the bowl of soup on the floor mary's inside mary's inside what suddenly i had a vision of the alien world and began to wretch i had been trying to go there hadn't i the news faded on my ethervox replaced by the hollow crackle of static i put my face in my hands and began rocking back and forth hello hello is anyone out there it was mary's voice i vaulted up and looked around mary i was so worried i thought the silliest thing where are you i i don't know it's cold here and dark my heart sank and my hands began to shake as i made the terrible realization mary's voice was coming from the ethervox what happened i pleaded even though i already knew last night i came over and you you weren't yourself you turned your machine on and i was pulled in oh herman i'm so scared i could feel hot tears streaming down my face don't worry i'll get you out of there what does it look like it's not how it was before it's just it's just darkness and cold and there's something here with me i can feel it it's so hungry i desperately tried flipping through my notes from the night before trying to discover what i had done i'll go back to the honey pot just one more time i just need to get the machine to work one more time and i can get you no mary's voice rang through the ethervox sharp and clear that hasn't done any good yet and besides what if you lose yourself i started heading for the door i have to it's the only way i did this and i need to get you out 
As I closed the door behind me, I heard Mary screaming. Wait! Don't leave me here alone! Without your voice, there's nothing here! Nothing! And it's so hungry! Crying, I ran through the streets until I came to the honeypot. I pushed aside the miserable gamblers squandering their hard-earned money, the drunks squandering their minds, and the girls who were selling it all. I stumbled into the little room in the back and waited for the rising sun. She advanced over to me and grabbed a handful of my hair, tilting my head back. This time she paused to whisper in my ear, At least try to fight temptation. It makes giving in so much sweeter. With that, she pressed her mouth to mine and breathed the scorching light into my body. Once more, I was given a vision of the world. I looked around myself, and I could see the walls decaying. I looked at my hands, and it was as if they were rotting away. I saw the world, not just as it was, but as it was doomed to be, shrouded in the vast emptiness of uncaring infinity. The rising sun laughed and turned to leave, letting me see the image tattooed on her back, a crane flying away. Before long, I was bolting through the empty streets, scrambling up the stairs and bursting through the door of my apartment. I'm here, Mary. I'm here, and I can fix it. Her voice came in a whimper. You left me alone. You left me. I didn't want to, but I needed the light to get you out. Now I can do it. Just a few more minutes. I'm coming for you. The static crackled. Please hurry. It's so cold, and I'm so hungry. Don't worry. I can see it now. I can make it work. I worked in desperation, my hands guided by some unknown force. The designs and schematics from the night before began making sense, and I prepared my machine for one final glimpse into the impossible. I pulled the lever, and nothing happened. Just a feeble whir and hum that slowly faded into oblivion. What is it? Mary demanded through the ether box. I ran my hands through my hair. It's not working. I just need some more... Get me out of here. You got me in here. You get me out of here. Go get some more of your precious light if you need it. Just get me out. I don't care if it burns you up. You did this. You. Now get me home. I stood stunned, looking at the ether vox. Mary began to sob. I didn't mean it. I'm so sorry. I'm just so scared and I want to go home. I know. I can see how it works still. I don't need to go back to the honeypot. It's the power supply that's the problem. I need more energy to hold it open long enough. I'm going to need some soul stones. There was the pop of static. Well, I have to be alone here again. Just one more time. Be brave. I'll be back soon, I said as I slipped out the door. It was the darkest hour of the night as I crept through the streets, looking to steal the most valuable commodity in Malifaux. Soul stones. The things miners died trying to get, and guards killed to protect. Luckily, 
I knew of a guild safe house along the train tracks. I did some repair work there once, and I saw where they stored the soul stones. The Arethavox stopped working, and it was the sort of sleepy outpost that sought little enough action for boredom to be a major problem. Even so, I needed to be cautious. They were experienced guards, and I was not an experienced thief. Light flooded through the windows as I stood on a spare crate I found near the side of the building to peer up into them. I saw two guards in the small station. One sat in a chair filling some reports, and the other was opening the safe. The one in the chair looked up and spotted me. Outside, he yelled, pointing at me. Not an experienced thief at all. Both guards ran out the door, and I rushed to meet them. I suppose they weren't expecting that. Guards are probably used to people running away from them. The first guard went to draw his weapon, and I ploughed my fist into his face. Blood spattered the wall, and the guard dropped to the floor with a sickening crunch. The second guard rushed me, and I grabbed him by his coat and threw him across the room. Before he could get up, I had grabbed as many soul stones from the safe as I could carry, and was running out the door. As I fled across the empty streets and back to my apartment, I could hear the remaining guard behind me shouting. He wasn't close, but I wasn't going to lose him either. I careened into my apartment and slammed the door, throwing the board across it and pushing my bookshelf over in front of it. I slumped against the wall, letting the soul stones scatter across the floor as I looked at my hand. I had no idea I was capable of that. Perhaps the light. It had given me... Herman? Mary's voice crackled with static. It's me. I'm here, I said, barely catching my breath. I got the soul stones. I have everything I need to get to you now. I gathered up the loose stones and immediately set to work, fastening them into position along the sides of my machine. The guard was pounding on the door, demanding it be opened. Herman? Yes, Mary, I responded, wiping sweat from my brow as I continued working. When I get out of here, will you take me dancing? I laughed. Of course I will. Every night from now on, I said, cranking a bolt into place. Just you and me, every night. Behind me, the guard managed to shatter part of the door. It's going to be divine. Oh. Mary? Yes? She said through the static. Is there still something there with you? There was a pause. No. I'm the only one here now. Good. I breathed a sigh of relief as I pulled the lever one last time. The engine began to hum and whir as sparks shot between the electrodes, opening up into the vast pool of brilliance. I'm coming for you. As the room shimmered with the pale blue light, the guards stopped pounding. The soul stones flickered as the pool grew larger and larger. Not just a window, but a gateway to a new and alien world. But more than any of that, 
it was the key to getting my Mary back. And as it opened, I saw for the first time the creature I had been conversing with, and I laughed. I was finally a part of this delightful joke. With the last of my strength, I dragged myself to my ethervox and sent out one last warning. And there was only darkness. Sweet, merciful darkness. Guards report. On the night of the 27th, my partner and I were assailed by a man now identified as Herman Croft. He attacked us, killing my partner in a single blow before making his escape with five of the guild soul stones. I followed him back to his residence, where he had blocked the door. As per protocol, I went for assistance in breaking down the obstacle. Upon entering the room, we found a withered husk, which appeared almost human, writhing in the centre of the floor. Its skin was stretched tight over its bones, and strange tentacles and protrusions grew where fingers should have been. Although seemingly weak, the creature was almost certainly never born, so we dispatched it with caution. We searched the premises and retrieved the soul stones. Inside the wardrobe, we found the body of a woman who was identified as one Mary Langford. She had been a resident of the building, and she had been killed by human hands. It seems her body had been there for at least a day. Neighbours said they heard her and Croft fighting around the time of her disappearance, so it is likely she was killed in some sort of domestic struggle. Herman Croft was nowhere to be found, and he is expected to be very dangerous, possibly with ties to the Neverborn. It is my strong suggestion that a citywide bulletin be put out to aid in his capture. Everyone else out there, remember, bad things happen.